A um, couple of announcements. Start off, my name is Josh. I'm just a volunteer helping out with what we do here. Um, something that's really important to us at Revolution is small groups. We hope that you're a part of one. If not, then see Ryan, see Kimsey, see uh, Jeremy, see Dowdy. We'd love to get you connected because if we get 200 people, David Dowdy, the bearded wonder, will go from being the bearded wonder to just the wonder. He will shave his beard if we have 200 people in small groups. So we are still, we're still there, right? Yeah, boy. Okay. And 300, we might shave the back. Did we, say, did we go that far? Yeah, we'll, go, we'll shave the back for 300. That would be, oh, that would be fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> waxing? No waxing. So, yes, waxing. We are waxing. Wax on. We are waxing David Dowdy. Okay, coming up uh, is, is Advent season. And with Christmas time, we do these Advent kids here in Portsmouth. What we've chosen to do as a body is um, help those who are maybe not as fortunate as those around us who, who has a difficult story to, to live in. And um, we just try to make Christmas a little bit better for them by providing them gifts for their kids. And um, that table is set up. If that's something you're able to do, here's some details about that. Um, we are uh, asking for gifts that for the kids to be up to $40 this year, and that's kind of pricey, we know. So maybe $40 is too much for you as an individual to do. Maybe you want to find two people and each chip in 20, or four of you do $10, eight of you do five, you know, whatever's best for you. Um, if, if you are you don't have someone necessarily to team up with, then let's let us know, and we'll find someone else who only has five bucks or ten bucks, and maybe we can go in and kind of do it together. But each gift for these kids are going to be forty dollars. Um, we want the gifts to be unwrapped, so the parent, when we give these gifts to the parent, can see that gift. They know what it is, and mom and dad will wrap it up for their kids. And um, we only have twenty-eight names. We only have twenty-eight names um, back here at the table. So if that's something that you are interested in participating with us in that. Then see over there. I think uh, Kara, were you running that table? Did I see that? Huh? Yep. yep. Kara's right over there. We'd love to do it. Um, love for you guys to, to join us in that. Um, but we need to have these in. I think December fifteenth. Is that right? So that's two Sundays from today. So this would be a great time to get it. Still got some Black Friday, Cyber Mondays tomorrow. Okay. Uh, let's see. Coming in the first of January. Okay, we're going to uh, invite anybody who wants to be a part of the core group here. And that core group will have more of a definition of what that means, but something for you to be praying about. If this is where you want to call your church home, and this is a place where you want to invest in, and you want to be a part of that team um, that really pushes things forward, this is your opportunity. What the core group's basically going to be is um, a group of people that work um, with the leadership team that we already have in place. This is a group that will provide accountability for the leadership team and vice versa, and, and just a um, a group of individuals who really are passionate about what we're doing at Rev- what God is doing at Revolution, and, and want to do whatever it is we can to make this um, the best we can for for God's service um, here in Portsmouth. So those are just the basic three things: small groups, Advent Christmas kids, and the core group. And more information will come of that later on. But um, what we're going to do right now, you know, we did just. Um, have a Black Friday, you know, and so maybe if you have, I don't know if anybody went shopping or whatnot, but we're going to take 30 seconds. I want you to get up, meet someone you don't know necessarily, introduce yourself, and maybe tell them what you spent your Black Friday doing. Maybe it's shopping or maybe it was just with family and friends. But whatever you did this past Friday, just share it with that with someone you don't know. So we're going to turn some music on for 30 seconds. Get up. I want you to meet someone you don't know and then come right back to your seat. Yeah, my 
of praise. I love you so much. What an empty phrase. Really, I'm more amazed how in spite of how I fail to do what you command to and serve other gods like Baal. You never fail. That's a logical devotion. Could it really be you chose to die for the sinner? Well, nothing was good in me. You never left me. Even when them darkest days began, don't forget me. Only thing you forgetting is my sin. I want to make it to the end. Let me remain faithful. All because you're faithful to me. All right, let's go ahead and find your seat. Hopefully you weren't a part of the uh, stampede at Walmart. Maybe you were. Maybe you got that $100 gift card. Who knows? Guys, we're going to take a break from, there's some other people that we're going to be introducing you guys to. Part of the leadership team is it is expanding, and there's some other key players that we'll get to know. But um, some things kind of happened today, and you guys may have already seen on Facebook. We don't have the specific details, but um, Corey Reed's father passed away this afternoon, and it was uh, very unexpected. Um, something that I don't know all the details of. Um, I'm sure you can keep up with Facebook. But what I just want to do right now is just pray for Corey and his family. Um, and I think Eric's going to come up and teach, and we'll just segue into some teaching. Um, so let's just do that, and, and we'll continue with Eric. Lord, it, it's, um, it's, it's never easy to, to see a, a friend, a brother, um, Go, go through what, what Corey and his family is going through, but Lord, we lift them up to you. It's my understanding that his father was a believer, so we know um, Corey will be reunited with him, as will us one day with, in heaven, and, and we just, we give him to you. Lord, will you bring the peace that passes all understanding to, to Corey and his family, that, that they know that you are God and you are in control, and may we as a, as a body, as a church, do whatever is needed to support them, to love them. So we pray for them right now that you just bring comfort where where they feel where they feel is grief, Lord, and that your presence um, will just be there with Katie and Sebastian and 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 Lord, we just we give them to you. Um, and it's in your very precious and gentle name of Jesus we pray. Amen. How's it going tonight? Can I get a little bit? I mean, it's all somber in here, and I'm like dying, and I got tears coming out of my eyes right now, so I need it. How we doing, Revolution? All right. All right. Cool. Well, I am uh, pumped to be up here for this this message tonight. Um, We're starting a new series tonight um, called Advent Conspiracy. It's something we've done uh, in years past. And it's something that we strongly believe in. And, and it's going to be what we're doing over the next four weeks through December. And, uh, and tonight we will be in Colossians 1 uh, to start. I believe that is page 711 in the Blue Bibles. So you guys can go ahead and, and turn to that. Somebody confirm that that's page 711. I, that's from memory. We're good. Okay, Colossians 1, that's where we're looking uh, at the beginning here. And uh, these blue Bibles, if you don't have a Bible at home or if the Bible you have is not easily read, um, then take this home with you. This is our gift to you. 
Uh, we think it's a faithful translation, and we think um, that it, it's, it's easy to read and, and that uh, you can learn a lot from it. So um, tonight we're talking about worship. Um, we're talking about how do we worship fully? How do we um, not only come here on Sunday night and like have an awesome band and, and sing really loud and, and sing our hearts out and lay it down in song, but how do we, how do we lay it down in our lives? How do we go out and worship with the entirety of our lives, every aspect of our lives, not just here one night a week. So yes, worshiping corporately is a big part of what worship is. But it's not everything, right? This is, um, it's, it's an important part of what we do here at Rev. We do it very well. I think we have like the best worship band in the world, or at least the most dangerous, as we've always said. Um, but that's not everything. So we're going to be talking about the other stuff tonight. Um, we can worship a lot of things, can't we? There, somebody once said that, that worship is worth-ship. What do we give worth to? What do we... Um, sacrifice for? What is it that we go out and seek first and foremost? That is the thing that we worship. That could be lots of things. That can be our relationships. That can be our families. That can be um, Black Friday deals. That can be um, a heavy metal band or something. I don't don't know. Um, That can be a lot of different things. And, And I think that America and Christianity has fallen into worshiping consumerism. And by all accounts, that could be the fastest growing religion in the world, is, is, is consuming to, to buy and to want and to need, thinking that these things are going to complete us. And, and America most certainly has fallen into this, and Christianity is on its way. I mean, just thinking about this past weekend, um, in 2012, 139.1 million people went shopping over the four-day Thanksgiving weekend. That's a third of the nation. One in three people went out and went shopping. And that, on average, they spent $423 each, which is a total of... $59.1 billion in four days. $59.1 billion. Like, you could divide that up and give $7 to every person on the planet. That's a lot of money that just Americans have spent in the past four days. You know, and and, and we, we think of the stuff that we go out and buy. You know, what was the big deal at Walmart? The $98 TV, right, 32-inch TV, a bunch of people got those. I saw one video of a guy online, like, knocking out some grandma, grabbing three of them. One guy grabbing three TVs. I'm like, how many TVs do you need? Like, my house isn't that big. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, actually, someone, a little girl, right, just got, they got trampled at the new Boston Walmart. Like, that's 
outrageous. That was just two days ago. An 11-year-old girl got trampled and had to go to the hospital. Um, A Walmart employee in Long Island got killed on Friday because of stampeding consumers. And, and I think it's not just like Americans. It's not just like, oh, those are all the, the, the people who, you know, they're not believers. They're, those are all the, the bad people. We're, we're Christians, so we don't, we don't do that. Um, but that's not true, right? I mean, almost all of us can say, not almost all of us, but many of us can say that we, we went out on Black Friday, right? I went out on Black Friday. It's like, they're good deals, man. I'm being a good steward of my money. That's probably not the case. If we, if we look inwardly and we think, why was I waiting in line all night for a TV for? And that's because I think that TV is going to complete me in some way. That TV is going to just make everything better. That makes me immediately think of, of Eddie Izzard. He has a one bit. It's not, I don't recommend you look up any of his stuff. He's pretty foul-mouthed and, and dirty. But um, he has one bit where he talks about how like he gets a new computer, right? And it's like, this is going to solve all my problems. This computer right here, I'll never have to buy another machine again, right? And that's completely false because I think I want a new computer every week, let alone a couple years. And not only do we do this with stuff, but this transfers over into our faith. This transfers over into our spirituality, where we will go from church to church to church looking for the different things that we want. It's called shopping cart Christianity, and it is killing our faith. That we go from church to church and, and we, we look for the one that is going to just agree with everything I think. And that's partially why I love revolution so much is because I don't think we're like that. I may be wrong. I could be wrong. But I am challenged all the time by people at revolution because we don't all believe the same things. And I appreciate that about Rev. But that can, be, that can be really harmful to our faith to go around and, and pick and choose the little, the little things here and there that we like and put them in our shopping cart. And if you disagree with me, I'm going to leave this church and I'll go down the road because there's like a million more churches here in the Bible Belt. And so tonight's the first part of this four-part series that we're going through, Advent Conspiracy. Tonight, worship fully. And this is the crux of the whole series. If we don't know how to worship properly, then there's no way we can follow any of the other three parts. Which are next week, Ryan will be talking about spending less. The week after that, Corey hopefully will be speaking on giving more. And then finally, Dowdy will wrap it up with loving all. First and foremost, we have, to, we have to focus on worshiping. We have to focus on properly and fully worshiping Christ. Because without that, we, we can't do any of those things. We may be able to give some money. We may be able to buy some toys for kids, right? By the way, you should all sign up for this. This is a lot of fun. 
I got to buy Transformers for kids last year. That was like the best part of my Christmas is I got to pick out toys. Like I had a reason to go through the toy aisle. And it's not like I don't already walk through them whenever I'm at Walmart, but I had a reason to buy things. Because kids have cool toys. Way cooler than what I had. So we're going to talk about this in two parts. Why worship Christ and how to worship Christ tonight. So we're going to start in Colossians 1, 15 through 23. And we're going to be looking for the reasons why. As we read, look through what are the major reasons why we should worship Christ in this text. What are the reasons that make him worshipable and worth worshiping? We're looking at verses 15 through 23. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I see all throughout this text so many different reasons why we should worship Christ. Why is he worth worshiping? First and foremost, Christ is the creator. We look at verses 15 and 16. It says, through him God created everything, and everything was created through him and for him. If you looked at John 1, John 1 completely agrees and says that nothing was created except through Jesus. Absolutely nothing that we see or experience or have ever even thought of in the universe was created through Christ. There's no exception to that rule. That Christ was the power by which God created all of those things. 
Secondly, we see that Christ is the firstborn, and he is the Lord over everything. He existed before anything and was created. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. That's verse 15. Verse 17 says the exact same thing. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. That's verse 18. So this idea of the firstborn in, the, in a patriarchal society back, back then, back in, in the Old Testament and even into the New Testament, we've got a patriarchal society, which means that the first son, the eldest son, had uh, inheritance rights over everything. His father would give him everything. And with that, he was responsible for all of those things. So whenever the father passes away, the the son inherited all of that. And he would then be the lord of the household. That it was his way or the highway. He was the one that was in charge. And he was the one responsible. He had to make sure that everybody was fed. He had to make sure everybody was well. He had to make sure he was in charge of the spiritual well-being of everybody in the household. In the same way Christ is the firstborn of creation, that he existed before creation, that he is responsible for it. Not only does he own it, but he's in charge of it. We, we tend to not have a very good idea of what Lord means in the United States, mainly because we don't have anything like that. Nobody has absolute authority over you. This is the land of the free, right? But this was a big deal back then. I don't know um, if any of you grew up in a household like that where it was dad's way or the highway, right? Not just because he could make the rules, but because he was responsible for what happened in the rest of the family. Third reason why we should worship Christ from this text. Verse 17 says, Christ holds all things together actively. Like that's an active thing going on. That, you know, he has to make sure that the laws of physics are all working right now. And... Right now, right? He's making all of those things work. He's holding the molecules together in our bodies. That as he was being nailed to the cross, he held the nails together as they entered his hand. That not only was he the creator of all things, but he created like the framework with which all of these things exist. Physics and science and the, and the laws of nature. And he keeps those things going the way that they are. Um, Finally, we can see that Christ is the Redeemer in verses 20 through 22. Which is what I really want to focus on tonight. As to why we should be worshiping him. That through Christ, God has reconciled all things to himself. And that he took the punishment for our rebellion against him and gave us his perfect life in return 
that we should believe and follow him. That's verses 21 through 23. That we can't do it on our own, but that Christ led the perfect life that we were called to live and gives it to us freely. He redeems us. The word redeem means to buy back. He's buying you back from his own wrath because we deserve in our rebellion all of God's wrath. So why why does that mean we should worship him? That we have a God that we have rebelled against with everything that we have, that in every aspect of our lives and in our hearts, we trade him in for cheap things, right? I think that my Blu-ray collection is going to complete me. There's a, there's a Blu-ray shaped hole in Eric's heart, and he's got to wait in line on Black Friday to get $4 Blu-rays, Right? But we have traded him in for cheap things. And he has made a way to make it all better. To fill Eric's Blu-ray shaped hole in his heart. Uh, John Piper has a quote that says, uh, The key to praising Christ is prizing Christ. That we can't properly understand him and worship him without truly prizing what he's done for us. Uh, What's another one of his quotes? Uh, Just kind of came to me. Maybe somebody can help me out with it. But if it weren't, how's it go? If it weren't for the fact that there is no worship, there wouldn't be missions. How's, how's that go? Anybody know that one? Never mind. That's a rabbit trail we're not supposed to go down, apparently. Um, all right, so, and, and next I want to look at Romans 12. If you guys can turn to, to Romans 12 really quick. We're just looking at two verses there. But we're going to park there and talk about how we can worship Christ fully in our lives, not just with song once a week, or whenever we drive our car and we turn on K-Love, or whenever we listen to the Caleb Hickerson Band EP, or whatever. That we can worship with every aspect of our lives. So let's look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is, a truly, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says to be a living, holy sacrifice with our lives, with our bodies. 
to go out in every aspect of our lives should be in worship of Christ. Have you thought about this? Like, what does that mean? There are whole, I think there are like large spans of time. I'll, I'll wake up, you know, Wednesday morning and maybe I'll go until 10 a.m. before I'm like, I haven't said a word to Jesus this morning. And I know I'm not the only one. I can, I can admit that because I know I'm not the only one. Or, shoot, has it, been, has it been two days since I've even looked at any scripture? Maybe I've thought about it a little bit. Right? So these are, <laughs> we are so bad at worshiping with our lives. And I know that I am, right? That's why I know that everybody else is, because we're all in the same horribly depraved state. But what are, what are some ways that we can actually worship Christ in our lives? So, right, I already mentioned two of them, prayer, so that we, we can uh, show our dependence and, and submission to Christ, that, that he can lead us to peace in his plan, that as Corey and his family are going through tremendously difficult times that I can't even fathom right now, that I can show care and love for my brother, that I can then study scripture to understand and reveal who God is, right? I can't even properly talk to God without knowing anything about him. You guys know whenever you talk to somebody, you talk to them differently based on who they are, right? If I'm talking to Kelly right here, I usually make fun of him the whole time. Um, and he makes fun of me back for being a ginger. Um, or, you know, if I, if I talk to Ryan, I usually argue with him because I think I'm right, but he's usually right, right? So we have different ways of talking to different people because we understand who they are. And the better we understand who somebody is, the better we can, can communicate with them. So you can't do prayer without studying who God is in Scripture. What's another thing we can do? We can obey what we learn about God in Scripture. And we can repent from whatever uh, brokenness inside of us, unrepentant corners of our hearts. We can turn that over to the foot of the cross. We can know that that's been nailed to the cross, and I don't have to be bound by that anymore. I don't have to be lashed to that anymore. We can tithe. How about that? Do I have like 10 people leaving now? No? We can, right, we can give back in order to reach more people for Christ. Right? We, we support um, some missionaries here, and that's primarily where the money's going. Right? God has not placed you in Africa yet, but we have some people over there, right? And we can support them. Or, or maybe your tithe is going to be buying kids' presents, right? That's pretty cool. So we use those resources. People get all like, they clam up whenever you talk about money. But we use those resources to reach people for Christ. And that's the reality of it. We can also pour ourselves into others. These are all interconnected and, and interwoven, right? That I can pour into you guys. You guys can pour into me. 
I can pour into people that I meet into, in the East End. And that's countercultural. People don't understand that. Because outside of the church, and sadly inside of the church as well, you don't have a relationship with somebody unless there's something for you to gain. Is that not true? And so it's countercultural for us to pour into somebody for no reason other than we just want to love them. We want to show Christ's love by loving them. Next to last, we can share our faith with people. How can we properly love anybody without sharing the gospel? If we think that the only way to know Christ is, is, is through his sacrifice, the only way to, to experience God, the only way to um, escape eternal punishment is, is through the sacrifice on the cross, then why would we not share that with somebody? That's the most unloving thing we could possibly do. And finally, you turn that gospel inwardly every single day. That, and I, I know at Revolution we do a good job of making sure the gospel is interwoven into every message every week and in every small group meeting. We discuss the gospel all the time because it's that important. That we have to turn that inwardly. It can't just be, well, they need Jesus, so I need to tell them. You're pretty close, but you need them too every single day. That Christ has been that perfect sacrifice for us so that we can be perfected in him someday. That that's the only way we're ever going to be able to worship. How, how could we possibly worship him if we didn't find some completeness in him, right? Why do some dudes worship sports? Because they find happiness and completion in it. Why do some ladies worship romance movies and junk? Because they find, like, happiness and completion in it, right? Right? These are, these are why we find worth in things. These are why we worship other things than God. We think we can fill the hole in our hearts. And if Christ is the only thing that can fill that void, then he's the only thing worth worshiping. And we have to truly understand that he is the only thing that can fill that hole before we can properly worship. So, we have to spend time in self-reflection, right, in our own lives. What are these, what are these idols that I, I keep running to? Eric, why do you have to walk by the $5 movie bin every time you go to Walmart? Every time. What is that thing for you? What is that thing that you try to fill your heart with? Is it your family is it your boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it your husband or wife? Is it, I don't know, your car? Is it your job? We have to identify those things and we have to rip them out, knowing that Christ is the only thing that can properly fill that void. And so tonight, during worship, 
Let's lay it down. Let's, let's give those things away. Put them at the foot of the cross. Knowing that Jesus, believing that Jesus is the only thing that can fill that void. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your sovereignty and your power over revolution, over our lives, over everything we're going through. God, and we thank you first and foremost for your son sending him to die in our place. God, I pray that that would be everything that we seek and desire, that that would be number one in our lives, that everything we would do would be in response to your work on the cross. I pray that right now, as we worship in song, we can prepare to go out and worship with our lives, to share the gospel with others, to preach the gospel to ourselves, to seek you in your word, and to submit to you in prayer. God, I pray that it would be all about you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.